0: Welcome to Daft Souls. This week it's me and Joe Scrabbles. Fuck you, Quins. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Where are you? Where are you, Quins? He's uh, actually he's in uh, he's in America for about. No.
1: Oh, I'm not allowed to say. He's you, then. No. I feel bad saying. The F word now that I've
0: Now you know it. Americans are involved. Yeah, they, they can be funny about swearing, but some of them really love it. I've noticed that. It's a thing. Oh, absolutely. It's a thing where Americans, I think because they're swearing over in England is just very much a part of the, the language and a part of the breathing, we don't really think about it. Whereas in America, people feel strongly about it one way or the other. They're either really like, yeah, I love swearing, or no, it's not for me. You're making us sound like Victorian orphan boys. We are. It's um, part, of
1: the, part of the language. part of the language, I, governor. Or I'm up a chimney. You can
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Whoops. Let's slide down that naughty chimney. Absolutely. And do a podcast. Let's. Um, So I've been playing a little game on my 3DS recently. Have you? And it's called uh, Pokecar Jockey. (laughs) Uh, Which in English means pocket card jockey. Oh. Which is is fun. That's Game Freak, isn't it? It is Game Freak.
1: Right, so that popped up on the eShop when I was just looking... I can't remember what I was doing on the eShop. I don't buy anything there. Um, <laughs> I, just browse. I just saw it and was like,
0: oh, I bet Nintendo what's... hate you. They hear the bell go as you walk into the shop and they go, oh, it's here again. And he just looks. Oh, he just looks at all the records and looks leaves. at their demos. Yeah. But like,
1: yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, this is weird billing for like a strange half gambling game. And then I saw it mentioned somewhere and I saw it mentioned somewhere else. And then I, like, again... I was on Metacritic for a reason I can't remember, and it has amazing
0: scores. Yeah. What's going on? It's not a gambling game. Yeah, Um, it just kind of looks like one. Yeah, it does look like one. You're right. Um, It's a horse racing game controlled by Solitaire, Mm. um, which is a bizarre combination. Have you ever played Card Crawl? No. On iOS? Similar concept, but talk about yours first, and then I'll go back to it. Sure. Well, basically, um, it's... It's it's very kind of cartoony and tweet and you play rounds of solitaire in order to make the horse run well. <laughs> and there's actually loads more to it than that. I was going to say it's that sounds complex. like massive downtime yeah um it no it's actually like quite fast-paced and quite complex Mm -hmm. because you have lots of different factors and the way they had managed to merge the uh the horse racing and the solitaire um and have the kind of interplay between the two is actually quite cool so it has stuff like um when you start the race you have to do a very quick simple solitaire to just get a card from the base of one of the stacks so you can run quickly and get going which is difficult but also like very fast paced and if you don't do it in a few seconds then you're kind of at a disadvantage but then from that point onwards oh, wow.
1: so it's like live
0: yeah it is live so the horses go and you have to do a, a, a like a launch you don't launch a horse but I can't remember <laughs> the word so let's just say you do you Cannon it. Yeah, you launch the horse out of the cage, <laughs> and then you just see where it lands. <laughs> no, and then that, it runs after that. And then it runs. If it hasn't broken its legs, you need to shoot it in the goddamn head. Yeah, dumb horse. That's that's real horses. <laughs> uh, thankfully, there hasn't been any of that in uh, in Car Pokecar. Pokecar. Okay. On the 3DS mm. Nintendo. However, um, what it does do is it has this sort of... Um, it's very much a case of... It giving you the sense of a course in the fact that um, you, where you move your horse around is dependent on how hard the solitaire is. So if you basically if you then you, and you have to, and, you, and you get points for doing well in the solitaire that you then spend to move your horse so in between sections. So it it's sounds like, like a moba. It's What's going on. No, it's, <laughs> it's not all live, right? So it'll be like you play a game of solitaire. Solitaire. Then you get to move your horse. And then you'll play another game solitaire. Okay. Um, and But then where your horse is at the end of the little movement phase is dependent on how hard the solitaire game is, but also dependent on how many bonuses you can get if you nail it.
1: Holy um, shit.
0: Yeah, it's really complex. And actually what's nice is they have this thing of like, uh, if you manage to get like your horse into a great position and you get it in the comfort zone, so it's basically you want it running at the pace and the position where it wants to be, mm-hmm. and then you ace a game of solitaire with loads of cards, it means you get like... This amazing super unity mode and everything goes mad and you get like extra speed, extra points. Everything's great. But then it's this weird thing. I've had a few games where then you do really well and you're just on the inside. So on the corners, you don't get affected by losing stamina from having to be too far on the outside Mm -hmm. of the kind of, of the race. Um, But then you are just like too tightly in a pack of horses and you can't, when it comes to the final section, you can't get out of that. And you're using your stamina to keep whipping the horse, but you're surrounded by, horses and so you can't win because it's like so sometimes there's lots of there's lots of subtle strategy in terms of both uh thinking about it like a horse racing game but also thinking about it in terms of um trying to put yourself in the best possible position to be acing solitaire games as and when you can wow there's a lot to it that's really weird it is really weird like it's it's things like you know if you're in a really great position then you get a solitaire game with like loads of cards and then you have to do it within a certain time time limit as well Uh, and if you clear them then so it has this nice balance of making sure you're not missing anything and making sure you're making the best use of all the cards you draw Mm. in terms of with solitaire it's literally like you know you draw a 10 and it's like you can either then go jack or 9 and then you can go like nine, eight, seven, six, five. Yeah. Or but you often end up going six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, eight, and then just try and do it really quickly. Are they like set puzzles? No. Right. No, because that's the thing is they depend like how many cards you have to get through depends on where you are. So you have these weird oh, things. I of, see. But then it's got this weird thing if you can collect cards on the course, which then if you <coughs> they go into your deck of cards that you need to solve, and if you get those cards, then they give you more experience at the end of the at the end of the race. So it means you have this sort of tactics of being, like, sometimes getting yourself, like, into the best position and then uh, going into super mode and then running and collecting all the cards and then trying to leave your horse in a bad position on the course so you only have to, like, do solitaire with about 12 cards so you can be like, this is easy, and you'll get all the bonuses. This is exactly as intelligible as watching real-life horse racing to mad, me. It's <laughs> mad, honestly. It's really weird. Um, and it gets weirder because... Um, the horses have a fight. Yeah. No, I don't understand the format of the game, and this is kind of what excites me. Like in, you know how it's really nice when you're playing a game and you go, okay, well this is really obvious. This is like, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. It's almost like the plot uh, signposting is so obvious that you know where you're going to be in like yes. five hours, ten hours at the end of the game. In this, I've got no idea what the hell is going on because what happens is you choose a horse, and then. Well, to begin with, it just gives you a horse, and then the game's quite easy, and you just win all the races. And then it's like, oh, well, that horse is gone now. Now you have to choose one of these bad horses. And you're like, oh, okay.
1: Well, like the start of a Metroid game where you have all the abilities, yep. and then it takes them away. The horse loses all the abilities. And... Nintendo are the fucking best people. I know this is Game Freak, but they're associated. But, yeah. oh my god, I love those people
0: so yeah, and it, it kind of, <laughs> I kind of as well. There wasn't much to the game, and I was like, oh, this, is, this is all right, but there's not it's quite easy. Yeah. And then suddenly you've got a a horse that isn't as good and suddenly the solitaire is harder and suddenly all of the upgrades you can buy between races like are expensive. So they're not just things you always buy all of them. It's like, you have to maybe choose and be like, it's quite expensive, but maybe I can win this race with that. And, and suddenly it got really hard, but then again, I started to, to master bits of it, but then lots of races, I was just like, I can't, I'm doing quite well. And what's nice is at the end of the race, if you've messed something up, this little amazing tutorial horse pops up and talks to you. (laughs) And he is brilliant. What's he called? I can't remember. I don't think he's got a name, but he is amazing. He's amazing. There's one point where he's like, um, some of the dialogue for him is brilliant. He's like, oh, you've activated this mode. This mode is just great. Your horse runs faster. It's happier. You get more power from giddy up stuff. And it's like, and it says, <laughs> giddy up stuff. Yeah. And it says, like, oh, and the music changes. I don't know if you're playing with the music switched on, but if you are and you've not heard this song, maybe turn the speakers on. That's fantastic. Because it does different writing. music. And I think the music is pretty cool. But anyway, that's just me. Oh, and it's just, just like, third wall breaking for
1: portable game players. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Third wall, fourth wall, fourth wall. Yeah, third wall's easy. That's
1: always broken.
0: <laughs> yeah, otherwise you can't see the game. Broke yeah. that years ago, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just lovely of being like, and up until that point, I wasn't really listening with the audio, and I was like, it was like, oh, I used to listen to this music. It's pretty cool. Is uh, this
1: um, is this one of those Game Freak games where they make them as part of like an internal like game jam system? I've got no idea because that's like Harmonite and. Oh, is it Tembo the Badass Elephant Which wasn't very good Like both those games were made Because people
0: had pitched them internally Yeah As like side projects I don't know and Game Freak just go Yeah <laughs> I don't know why But I think that maybe Pocket Jockey Is a series already And this is just a spin-off of that But I don't know Um, But I mean, what has been really just confusing me is the fact that you go, okay, I was just getting my head around this and being like, okay, you you collect cards, and then if you win those cards in the Solitaire game, then your horse levels up. You also want to try and win the races, so you can, like, get more money and spend it on stuff. But um, then the weirdest thing is that you then find out that the horse you have can only actually get better... When it's two years old or three years old, and they'll start at two years old. So it means you play like two seasons, which takes not that long, about yeah. an hour and a half, maybe. And then it's like the horse is matured. And then you can So he's keep- a football manager as well. Yeah, you can keep racing that horse then, but you it can never get any better than it is. <sighs> which is like, but then I can't win these races because the, all the other horses are better. And so then you go and get a new horse, but then a new trainer turns up and is like, Oh, do you want to race my horse? It's like got some interesting stats or something or some interesting things. And I'm just like, where the fuck is this game going? I've, I've played it for about six hours and I genuinely don't even really understand what the format of the game is because it's like you don't transfer the money. You don't, It's not like you get to keep the money with the new horse. It's like you literally start a new game with a new horse. But then there is some progression. But then I'm like, where is this progression going? I mean, and I don't know. Would and you be upset if it went nowhere? I don't think so. But I suspect it might be going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, But no, it's more, it's quite enjoyable to play a light puzzle game, which is basically like, you kind of accept that that's the idea, that you're like, you're trying to win races, but also trying to maximize your ability to collect these cards on the course, which makes you do stupid things, like not stay in the best position for racing. You're like, I'm going to run over there and try and grab these cards. Um... It is fun, just just this idea of getting a new horse and then spending like an hour trying to be like, how good can I make this horse? Hmm. Can I win the big G1 Derby race? <laughs> no. Uh, so I wouldn't be mad if it didn't go anywhere. But it's just refreshing the fact that my whole experience of playing it in about six hours is just constantly me not really knowing what's going on or what it's doing, which, as I've talked about in the past, um, is always, for me, a really refreshing like state to be in when playing a game because yeah. I find that often they're just so easily signposted, uh, signposted that I'm like, I get what this experience is mm. and I know where it's going. And then that sometimes, sometimes just leads to an immediate sense of fatigue where I'm just quite enjoying the fact that I'm just like, the hell is this yeah like where is this and maybe it is going anyway it's a six quid game so it might just be that it's like hey keep starting again with different horses but i get the sense there is some sort of i kind of like the
1: idea of a game that gives you a very small progression loop and then just a very small progression sequence and then just goes back to the start like you don't deserve to be the best for this long yeah like just keeps funneling you
0: well exactly i I think that's quite nice and i think that i don't exactly understand how it triggers like new uh horse owners to come and say hey ride my horse yeah but um i get the impression that that is the game really is that like you're never really in a good position enough to to win the best cups yeah but then eventually you'll get a horse but i think the idea is this story of you as a jockey so it's kind of hard to say goodbye to these horses but you have to just be like okay i'm done with that horse now new horse and the idea is that eventually you get good enough that better people give you horses and then eventually you will be the best. Did you ever play
1: New Star Soccer? No. It's the iOS game um, that was sort of kind of like Football Manager, but you control highlights from the match. And if you get them right, then you look really good, which is basically just dragging, like, making a good pass or shooting for the goal. And... That would increase your experience, and you were like a shitty player playing for a shitty team. And then as you play, you do better and better, and you buy like energy drinks and houses that make you look like a big shot player, and you get better and better clubs. And it's the same kind of thing where you get really attached to the club you're playing for, like for two seasons, and then someone comes in with a transfer request, and you're like, Well, I'm never going to win with this team, even though I'm the best player in it. Yeah. So I'm going to move to that team. And then you feel really bad once you move to that team, because you're like, well, firstly, I'm shit against these AI players who are much quicker, and I don't have the stats to keep up with them, so I have to get better. But And I miss my old team, because I was the best in it. And it's that weird like midpoint of being like, the coolest kid in class at one school and going to the better school and being like a shithead. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really nice. And yeah, it has that same feel to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is like the horses have inherent stats but then they, they level up like if you get enough of these cards and you do well but you do get more of a sense like some of the horses you kind of just think alright this horse was just tricky to begin with it didn't have great stats it had some weird stuff that I couldn't really make use of I couldn't work out how to do but you still get the sense that when it comes to the end of the season and the, the, the kindly old man who tells you how you're doing says ah oh, well you know you didn't so you didn't win never mind don't worry about it like you kind of feel like you messed it up in a way. And it, is, it does kind of simulate that kind of idea of like a little mini career for the horse. It's quite sad. Yeah. You know, but it's this idea of being like. Because you know that horse is dead. This horse has to run it. <laughs> I haven't. There is a button that says retire. I'm just terrified. It's going to turn into glue. No. Um, so I'm just leaving that. What's that but- horse in Animal Farm? that's yeah. what you're doing <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah it's this nice idea it's like I just get the impression that it's like when it gets to the final few cups and it's like this race is going to be hard because it has that thing of yes they have higher stats than you but if you play really well and you've also done the best you can to get the horse in the best position mm. then you might have a chance but when I mess it up I'm always like ah. but it's kind of it's a cathartic thing to just be like okay let's get a new horse start again try and get yourself in the best position but at the same time it does feel like I ended one of one little horse campaign, let's call it, <laughs> and I'd done a really bad job for the whole thing. And it was like, I just, it was actually like, rather than progressing each time, it was a hard horse. It was like it had worse stats than the one before. And I was just like, hard oh man, horse. like I did really badly. I didn't, I didn't get it. I was trying to work out how to race it well, couldn't do it, best it up, and it made me sad. But it is lovely in the fact that, and this does seem to be the kind of sense of progression, that when the little horse tutorial dude who pops up after a race after you lose he tells you why you've lost and he says like oh you know you messed up a start this time you've got to like be quiet on that or like oh you know you ran out of energy I mean, these are the ways you can do a better job that, of that. sounds and incredibly intelligent it's really nice I mean there aren't that many factors but it can just be like mm, yeah you kind of ran out of stamina maybe you used this too much or maybe you didn't run out of that and it basically just tries to give you pointers but what's lovely is I had a point at which I was halfway through this this campaign with this horse I was struggling with, and I hadn't done a good job of levelling it up. I'd been missing the cards. I'd been losing races. I was doing pretty badly. But then I had one game where I was just really on point, and I just got everything, and I was just playing Solitaire really well, basically. I was just like, bam, 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 bam. It was just a combination of lucky cards and me also being just better. Yeah. And I did everything almost perfect. And then when it came to the final section, because the final thing I really like about this game is the fact that it actually manages to give you all this solitaire stuff but then still allow you to enjoy the sensation of a horse race because right at the very end after you've done all of the little solitaire games, mm. it depends how many they are, depending on the length of the course, you have the final stretch. And for the final stretch, you get to spend the stamina that you've managed to maintain just by playing well at solitaire. Mm. And you can spend each block of little card of stamina to make the horse, like to whip the horse and make it run faster. And if you click to boost card, you can spend that. But it basically, you see all the horses running and it also has the nice element of rather than just being like, oh, wicked, I'll spend all of my stamina to run really fast for every stamina card you save at the end, you get more experience. So it actually encourages you to, like, if you think you're going to win, to conserve them. And it means you'll tap it and you'll go a bit faster and you'll kind of try and get a sense of whether or not that's going to be enough to kind of keep the momentum. And if the horse slows down, so it means you actually, again, you play the solitaire, but then at the end you get to enjoy that kind of, like... The, the, the thrill of it just being really like, whipping a horse <laughs> just fucking slamming it it slides until it bleeds they're such cute cartoon horses <laughs> and it, they all like kind of go all like firing explosion in dragon ball z style when they're running at the end and it's hilarious but uh you get to enjoy that kind of neck and neck thing of being like am i gonna make it but i had a race where i'd, I'd done perfectly i had all these cards and then i was just you spending my stamina and um the horse just wasn't fast enough, and it was like I literally played perfectly, and then I'd spent all these things, and I just still lost. I came at eighth, and it was like, oh man, like I kicked that horse's legs. Off. And it was wonderful that the tutorial horse popped up and just went, you know what? Like you played really well. Like you did everything perfectly. Wow. Um, you did a really good job. It's just the horses are just the other horses are just stronger, and you'll get better horses. Like, and it was this thing of being like, he, he, and he was like, but you know, you can feel proud of of how well you played, and it's like, man. Like, it's kind of nice that, like, to have a game do that, of not just being like, yeah. hey, you played perfectly, therefore, you're, all the, you're best. the best. You're uh, the best. To say, you played perfectly, it wasn't enough. But, like, to recognise that and be like, you didn't win, but you you did a really good job there. You're the Robert- Roberto
1: Martinez's Wigan of sports cards. It's really jockey. realistic
0: there, right? Because most games, <laughs> it's like... A if niche you do a- football yeah. reference. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it, but... Let's it, was it It's good. It's very good I'm sure reference. it was. I'm sure it was. Probably um, but um, I found that quite Yeah It's really nice Do you
1: remember Did you ever hear about that game Rusty's Real Deal Baseball No That was a Nintendo game as well Which was uh, They never released it over here Because they think We don't understand baseball Because it's ununderstandable And it's stupid That anyone would like it It does go on for fucking ages Yeah it's nuts I watched
0: the game once In a bar in uh, New York And then after about two hours I was like Is that still the same game I and went, like, Yeah it's on till two In the morning And I'm like Are you fucking joking I went to one in Canada once Like I watched it I watched men run And I just ate hot dogs. That was my whole night. It's exactly the same as cricket. It's just in cricket, like, they know that the first few hours nothing really happens. But in America, right from the start, they're like, this is exciting. Also in
1: cricket, you get fucked up. That's what you're meant to do.
0: So, yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. Anyway. It's because they're not allowed to drink in the arena, is it? So that's why they do the tailgating.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, wait, no, is that American football?
0: Oh, well, I think both? it's American sports in general. Like, All drinking arenas is a bit of a funny one, I think. Well, I might be wrong. We're,
1: so, the, we're the best guys to comment on this. We're the <laughs> best. Like,
0: in England, it's great because you just go and nurse pints throughout the day and gradually get trashed as the pr- cricket yes. progresses. Where I get the impression with American sports, people tend to go and get smashed in the back of their car, having a barbecue at the back of their car, which is yeah. the most unbelievably grim thing to do in a car park ever, I just have to say. I know it's an American cultural thing, but Jesus, guys, come I on. I think it looks quite nice. Getting smashed in a car park? Yeah, I've done bit. it, mate. When My I was a friends. Kid. Well, I don't know. I just think it's a bit like I could. We could do that right
1: now, and I bet we'd have a great time. We would. Let's buy a car. <laughs> but
0: that's because we're British, and British people thrive on being able to make fun out of alcohol. It's been a lot of British talk in this so far.
1: Let's what? keep going. Anyway, Rusty's real deal baseball, sure. which ni- which was Nintendo's baseball game, but it was their first free to play game. And how long ago was this then? It was like two years ago, okay. I think. Um. And it was a the, a dog called Rusty, and you would dogs can't play baseball. Stupid. Sure. You would play uh, mini games, baseball-related mini games, and then he would barter with you for real money to buy more elements of the game.
0: I am raising both my eyebrows
1: here. And the more you, the, something like the better you did, the less money it would cost to buy bits of the game. I'm not going to barter with a dog. It's kinda cool though, right? Like the idea that a company goes, here's how much this costs. But you play Tell it. us it's worth less. Like proper market haggling. Like car boot sale stuff with a for dog. a 3DS game with a baseball dog. And I really like that. <laughs> I really like that Nintendo appear to be going, new sports. Lots of people hate sports. How do we make them more interesting by doing the weirdest possible shit with this sport? We've got let's have them haggle with a dog, card horses where all the jockeys are on the back of the horses, laying out full games of solitaire, and a dog that acts like it's a
0: goddamn yard sale
1: (laughs) to play your game. It's really weird.
0: It is. I mean, I think Game Freak, the Game Freak thing is a thing as well. I think that it's it's hard to remember now because Pokemon games have been exactly the same for 20 years and there have been hundreds of them, literally hundreds. <laughs> um, it's hard to remember that when you play the first Pokemon game, it was exciting in that exact same way of going, what's the structure of this? Like, yeah. what's going on? Where, where, where are we going? Like what And are also, we doing? like, that, I mean, I know that's also an incredibly staged
1: storyline. Yeah. But the idea that... It, it all RPGs were I am the best warrior in the world. Yeah. Whereas Pokemon started, I'm a kid who's yeah. just got a hobby. Like that's weird as shit. <laughs> like who's, Who does that? And it just obviously it builds to the crescendo of I'm the best hobbyist in the world. But still, like for most of that game, you're just going. Yeah, that is a cool looking dog. I'm gonna throw a ball at it for yeah. ages.
0: And along the path, like just having this uh this this empty Pokedex with all these blank spaces in it. Yeah. Like now it's like again hard to remember that like that was like amazing. Intoxicating. Like, the fact that it was like you just didn't know what all the gaps were. Yeah. And it started to become this actual degree of like filling the gaps of being like, hang on a minute. Like I I still remember the first time when I was about I must have been about ten no, older than that must have been about 14, 15, I guess, when it came out. Um, I still remember um, looking at the gap next to Up and being like, because it was the thing, if yeah. you'd started to work out by that point that not all Pokemon actually evolved. Yeah. Like, some of them were just like, this is what it is, and that's it. And you'd be like, okay, well, Fucking far It was kind of disappointing. <laughs> and sometimes you, dis- you realise this after you have been levelling up for a while, yeah. and you looked in the Pokedex and you realise there was something else next to it, and you're like, oh well if there's something else next to it it means it doesn't evolve you kind of worked out the language of the way the system worked but seeing that there was this mysterious grey gap next to a Magikarp I was like I wonder (laughs) and I had it on like an import version from Canada so I didn't have like anyone to talk to or anything and I just remember like going with my gut on it and levelling up this Magikarp in a painstaking way yeah because again I didn't have anyone to help me one splash yeah <laughs> splashing out <laughs> like get him the fuck in the back of the van, <laughs> and then we'll bring him his, his experience sandwich after it's finished tailgate um, that sandwich at him yeah keep on drinking Magic Cup it's gonna be a long time in the Pokemon <laughs> stadium um, and yeah like just, just having that kind of not understanding the, the structure and, and trying to second guess what it was doing and where it was going and the ideas Um, was really exciting and it was like nothing I'd ever played and it's it's hard to remember that for something as well established as Pokemon the idea that at some point it was genuinely fresh and exciting and like full of unknowns whereas now it's like People buy Pokemon games for the complete opposite of that now. They buy it for comfort, really.
1: Yeah. I've never really asked someone who was an adult at the time what they thought of the first Pokemon.
0: Yeah. I'd be really interested to know about that. I remember being weirdly disappointed when the cartoon started landing in the UK and it was very much aimed at children. And uh, I oh, didn't, wow. I didn't, I was like 15, 16 at the time and I didn't really, I love that game. Yeah. But I, in my head, I think because it was a great game, because I was 15, 16. And obviously when you're in the age of 16 to, you know, 1920, you're obsessed with trying to be an adult and then you realise that it's the most fruitless thing you can possibly ever try and aspire to in life. Um, it was, yeah, that kind of like, oh, it's for kids. It's supposed to be for kids and I love it. But now obviously I can just go, yeah, who gives a fuck, but, um, Brock's eyes are funny. Brock's <laughs>
1: eyes. <laughs> why? Open them up, mate. Come on.
0: He's just Captain Squints, isn't he? He's a nerd. Um.
1: Anyway, you're going to talk about another solitaire game, weren't you? Oh yeah. Card Crawl on iOS. Um, It's not, it's, it's not technically a solitaire game, but it's a dungeon crawler played through the means of traditional cards, mm-hmm. which is really weird. So you're playing against a deck of cards that are dealt out to you and different values have different attributes attached to them. So mm-hmm. some are monster cards. So like the biggest monster in the game is a 10 and uh, so it can be a 10 of whatever. And it's, uh, it's like a soul eater. And it's just some shitty monster. But then other cards are like... uh, You can get a a seven, which is a sword. Uh, There's also a seven that's a goblin, so it doesn't make sense as a deck of cards. But anyway... So you can get like... You get swords and shields, and then items and monsters of different values of cards. And you sort of play them against each other. Uh, And essentially it works out like a normal game, but there's something really comforting about it being cards that you recognise, because it, it eases you into the game immediately. You go... Okay, so that's worth that, that's worth that. This is how everything plays off each other, and you just get going. And it becomes like this weird, strange, uh, like high score challenge game where the only thing you're aiming for at the end of the deck, once you realise how to beat it, which is always run a guy into a shield first because that minimises the amount of damage done to you, you start with a small amount of health... Um, and there are potion cards which can heal it up You've only ever got like It's really hard to explain, I apologise No, I know what you mean,
0: it's a difficult Well, I had the same thing when I was trying to explain yeah. Jockey. It's like It's it's impossible not to start going down The, 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 the almost wormholes Of like, yeah. detail complexity That you've worked
1: out Essentially there are cards that work for you, there are cards that work for the enemy You can only hold so many cards And the enemy only has so many cards In a hand at any one time And you're essentially wiping those cards out to move on to the next round and you get through 50 odd cards. The point being that at the end of this, it goes, how much gold did you make during that? And the only way you make gold is either collecting coin cards or selling cards that you can sell like shields and swords. Things that help good stuff during the game without using it. And so you just sit there and go, well, Okay, so I know that there are definitely three more ten monsters in this deck, and this seven sword is one of the only ones left. Can I afford to sell this right now and deal with this? And it throws in loads of variables. like So it becomes that kind of poker card counting almost. Exactly. So it brings card elements into it where you're second-guessing probability half the time. Yeah. It's brilliant. Like, it just has this, like... Second to second, you know, you're once you're 10 games in, you know exactly how everything works. Do you always use the full deck, or is it like, yes, okay,
0: you always this use the full me, deck? This is the up and sit down side of me coming out now, yeah. of being like exactly
1: understand the mechanic of being like, is it like a third or fourth? Yeah, so you always use the same deck every single time. The only variable being that as you play, you unlock ability cards. There's only ever four, and they can vary. So some of them can like boost the strength of cards, some of them can get rid of cards in favour of other cards, and some of them are even more complex, like you can wipe out the entire um, set of cards facing you, which might be impossible to beat, but it takes you down to one health, which means literally any card can kill you after Right, that. right. And so it keeps doing this stuff, and the more you unlock, the bigger the chance... But essentially, you don't
0: know what you're going to get in your next game. Gotcha. And it's just, like, it's just really fun. That um, sounds great, because... yeah. I actually... Uh, this is reminding me of a game that I've had recommended to me so many times and uh, I played it and I expected a lot from it and I thought it was pretty rubbish if I'm honest and that was a Hand of Fate. I liked Hand which of I, Fate. Which I, I kind of like but I don't know. Maybe I came to it late and we've had lots of like games which have uh, have used these sort of mechanics mm. since uh, but maybe it's that I'm like really familiar with card games now. Mm. Um, But it just felt like this strange, like, combination of two things that didn't really gel together, of being, like, this kind of, like, slightly rubbish Fable-style combat, which was fine. Yeah. But in terms of being a challenge... Wasn't really very good, and it was fine. I mean, it felt exactly like Fables Combat in many ways, which is fine. I thought it felt like, most like Batman myself, but because oh, really? like, it had yeah. the X and no, yeah, X no and Y counter thing. Uh, no, counter. yeah, you're right, it did, but it still had that. It didn't feel like it had the the sharp precision. No, of it, it absolutely didn't. It had and that the kind was my of fuzziness, main and, and in something like Fable, when like you're like, you're the hero, yeah, like, it doesn't matter if it's fuzzy because your job is to smash stuff. But yeah. in something like this, where literally like you know the idea is that these. These uh, 3D combat sections are a reflection of of, uh, of how well you're doing in the card game. Yeah. To then have something fuzzy, which you could frankly just by being better at action games, just mean it was like I was like, "Where's the focus here?" Because it meant that you had this sort of this uh, combat which didn't feel precise enough, and then you had this card game which felt just way too luck based and way yes, too kind of like. Yes, it absolutely did. And didn't really even give you a sense of like. Or like what was good or bad, or what was... I don't know, it just seemed to be doing a lot of stuff where the idea was you, the more you play it, then you get more of a sense of what's going on and yeah, unlock more stuff. I don't mind that. What what I mind is a card game that doesn't give
1: you a sense of, okay, I've played this enough to understand exactly what could happen. Yes, I just don't know what will happen. And I find that really exciting. Whereas, yeah, I agree, Hand of Fate had a sense of... I could just chuck anything at you. Like there's no, you have no control really over what it's going to do to you.
0: Yeah. That's it. It didn't feel like kind of FTL where it's like you kind of make a choice and you have a sense of whether or not something good or bad is going to happen to you. It was just like stuff was just happening uh, and then often it would end up being resolved. Finally, in combat, which was kind of a system which you just felt very easy to manipulate, it was strange. It was like the first time it kind of went boom, 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 boom and went to the combat, and I was like, "Oh, it's actually got three D combat." Yeah. I was quite almost like um, going from something as basic as this sort of you know simple card game to this was almost intoxicating in terms of being like, "Oh, I didn't know, I didn't even know this game had that." Yeah. But then that that kind of veneer quickly slid, and it was strange. It's um. It's something which we deal with a lot in the world of board games and card games, which are opposite down of it. Being like, it seemed that the main appeal of the game was in just constantly kind of giving you more stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like you kind of. I found myself being like, I'm not too sure about the core design of this, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. Look, more! Ca- I've got some more cards for you. I've got some new stuff. I've got some new stuff. I am kind of fine
1: with that. Like, I basically yeah. came out of Hand of Fate enjoying it because it gave me because it gave me lots of stuff, and I was like, I saw that. I saw that. There was a bit of this, like. I don't mind a board. Like, uh, I don't think it was a perfect game by any
0: means. I think it's like a 7 out of 10 type thing. It does and a couple it- of things. Like, that's, that's exactly it. I think it's because i would heard so many people going, oh, you'll love it. And maybe it's that thing of being people being like, you'll love it because it's got cards in it. And, yeah. and that's kind of maybe just sort of a naive way of looking at it. But it wasn't bad. It was yeah. just I heard a lot of great things about it. I was expecting mm. great things. And then I was like, this feels kind of weak. It was—it wasn't a terribly good card game. It wasn't it definitely wasn't a good combat game. And then even the way it tried to tie these decks together with a narrative of stories, the idea—it yeah. didn't do a very good job of that either. I tell you what,
1: I'm glad about is that enough people liked it that they are making a sequel.
0: Yeah, no, I'd be and really that excited be really to see. Cool. That's the thing is, I, I was just sort of surprised. It's, it's like you know, again, we don't. Tend to really talk that much on Cool Ghost about stuff that we don't really like that much, but obviously it's uh, sometimes slightly inconvenience because it means you spend a lot of time investigating games that you then never talk about. Yeah. And it's, this, this is because I know so many people keep mentioning it to me and being like, oh, I had a fact out of it. So I thought I'd just let people know at least that I have checked it out. It was
1: shit and you're all <laughs> bastards.
0: <laughs> it wasn't for me. It was fine. Uh, it just didn't, um, it didn't like spark off anything in me. Uh, the one thing I loved actually is the tokens. I thought that the way that sense of like, um, the way... I thought the cards, again, like, okay, but the physicality of those little metal tokens that he places in the tray, really, really nice. Yeah, that was And it's funny, I mean, I've been working on it for a little while, I say working on it in my head, until it's constructed in my head, I won't even start editing it uh, because that's the way I, I work, but I've been trying to think of a... Put together a, a video about, like, kind of the way that often video games use board game elements and how mm. they do it well and how they don't and stuff. And that's that. the one thing from that is the way it kind of handles tokens as yeah. physical things. It's like, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it feels um, really good. I just wish they'd made a tighter game.
1: But hey. Maybe they will. I really hope they do. That would be cool as, as hell. I really hope they do. Speaking of stuff that... Well, I can't remember if you didn't like it or if it was just Quinn's, but super hot, which we talked about last time
0: I was. Yeah, on. we were both kind of uh, kind of just a bit cold in it. It's it's rare that me and Quinn's actually agree on stuff. Yeah, to be honest, but uh, yeah, I just felt slightly cold towards it. So, I finished that game.
1: I think it's great. Sure. Sure. Screw you guys. Uh, At the end of it, I found out, I went looking around, because whenever I finish a game, especially ones with like weird, ambiguous storylines, I like to go and look for, like, what do people think about this so I don't have to form my own opinions? And I went and looked and was like, no one's opinions are cool. And then I realised that there was this element of the game where every, apart from a few like story levels, um, every level has a secret terminal in it, that gives you a little bit more story As it turns out, the story it gives you is shit But what I really like Is that every terminal is hidden In incredibly obscure locations And usually take you Doing Often lateral thinking Sometimes Shitty, can I jump through this wall Thinking But it totally
0: changes. You like jump through a wall, you mean just trying to jump through wall? You know, like walls? no clip crap Until you just try and jump into walls until you just go through it.
1: Sometimes. Wow. But let me explain, because I think this is actually great. Um, Most of what it does is goes, here's a level in which the initial challenge is, how do I kill everyone without dying? And then what it does is goes, if you want to find the secret in this, you have to not only not die, but be able to search every corner of this level for clues as to where this secret might be. And it completely changes how you look at everything around you. So in one level, there's a bit where there's like, for no real reason, there's a car next to a dumpster, next to a sort of air conditioning vent. And when you're playing, you might just be going, shoot, shoot, shoot. You never see it. And when your recaster's going, I'm looking for a thing, you suddenly yeah. look at them and go, what? They're kind of like stairs. And so you jump up them and then you get onto a roof you've never been on. And you go... Well, where can I get from here? And then there's, like, a telephone line. And you can jump onto the telephone line and walk across it. And it takes you behind a wall you've never seen before. And there's a secret and terminal. I guess blanket. you have to
0: do this whilst also running away from yeah. enemies. Exactly. So yeah. you
1: have to clear enough enemies, but keep one alive so that you don't end the level by killing everyone. Gotcha. And... It's quite Braid-like then,
0: I suppose. A little bit, yeah. It's a like, shame that the payoff is, is apparently not good. The story sucks, but... the payoff in Braid was, like, well, still just confusing as far. Yeah. But... Yeah, you just went and Googled it and it was like something about the atom bomb? Yeah, fuck knows.
1: But then for the for a game that I enjoyed to then go, by the way, you can play a sort of second game afterwards. And there's really cool stuff. Like there's one bit, which a load of people hate on the internet, but I thought was kind of great. It starts with the... Uh, clip through walls thing that is shitty mm-hmm. essentially there's this one level that's just a long corridor you probably played it yeah and these two guys are shooting you at the end of it so you have to get all the way down to the end of this corridor mm-hmm. you kill one of them that's really early yeah yeah you kill one of them and then what you have to do with the other one is throw something at him so he drops his gun then quickly pick up his gun throw it at him again so that gun get breaks and he has no guns available and then all he can do is punch you But you can punch him and stun him. So essentially you have to run up to him, throw a gun at him, throw another gun at him, punch him in the face, then jump out of a window and the only thing accessible next to this window is like a big other building. And I I was kind of in the mind space of like, what am I looking for? And I saw this building, I was like, maybe I can jump into that. And then I flew through this wall and I ended up on this platform and the terminal's at the end of this platform. For some reason this platform's covered in shoes... Which are marked as things I can pick up and throw. I was like, what's this weird? I took one step forward and fell through the floor. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I did it again. And the next time I took a different route and fell through the floor again. I was
0: like, is you have this to use the shoes to mark shit a
1: path. And then I came back and I was like, okay. So I picked up one of the shoes and threw it at the floor and it like blew up on a certain tile. And I was like, this is Indiana Jones. So I like had to jump onto that bit, pick up another shoe, throw it another bit. If it exploded, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I just had to pick a path down this like weird clip through platform. That's pretty cool. And I was like, who did this? This is a tiny team making a Kickstarter game. And like, they've made this second area in all of these levels. I think that's brilliant. I just really respect that. I like, and you know, 10% 10% of people are going to be as bored as I was to go and look for this stuff. Quite a weekend, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, this is wicked. Well <laughs> done. Like, I just thought that was really nice. No, that is
0: cool. Like that, like, that level of attention for just, just mad details.
1: One of them, right, you jump on a sort of floating bus in this weird level that's just there, and you might happen to see underneath the level... Are a couple of palm trees hanging upside down from the level where you'd never otherwise see them. And you make like this death defying leap onto the underside of a floating upside down palm tree. And then there's another one and a telephone booth. And you have to jump to the other one and then jump to the telephone booth, smash the window as you're jumping, land in it, and then there's a terminal inside it. And I was like, this is fucking mad. <laughs> like just this whole thing. It's turning an action game into a platforming game with exploration elements
0: that and the like, idea of hiding things within the geometry, which is actually like purposefully I mean that that is that is quite smart in terms yeah. of like it not being like this is hidden in the world as a location, but actually yeah. like this is hidden within the world with the known assumption that this is a 3D yeah. Like, world, it's not real. Like that's what, yeah. that's what, what I like. Well, one of the many things I liked about the beginner's guide was the fact that it was like this yes. idea of being like, you're not inhabiting physical spaces, you are inhabiting digital spaces. Yeah. And we can do and, anything and we want. And we know that. And that, then it means, yeah, then it means that there are no rules. Yeah. We can literally just have you flowing through walls and stuff because, yes. or looking through walls because we can. Yeah. Like, it's. And that's quite a fun, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I just, yeah, I kind of wish I liked it more, really. I I Because I just bounced off it in a way. I was like, it's a bit too, felt a bit too single note. Uh, And also, I just found myself increasingly less interested in in games that involve uh, sort of, I don't know. I really don't even know how to explain why I didn't,
1: I just bounced off. I think that's totally fair. I just, like, it, it seemed like a fun thing to flag up because I just think so few people will see it. And I think it's actually kind of a really... Nice little bit no, yeah. of extra design thinking. We're like, no one does that anymore. Absolutely. I didn't know about that
0: point. And I think anyone who's, yeah, if you've, a lot of people probably finished it and didn't know that either. Yeah. So fair enough. It's cool as hell. Uh, something I've actually just started playing again because it came uh, actually it will, last week it would have come out on uh, on PlayStation 4 and Vita crossplay is Steamworld Heist which we talked oh, about God, again we talked about that a lot uh, when we were first playing it they've added stuff to it right? They have there's some well they've the, the, I've just been playing the kind of new version and it's like it's all HD and nice and actually hmm. I've got to say like it is nice <laughs> like you know often like with HD I am a bit of a cynic but uh, obviously it was originally a 3DS game now it's on proper High definition consoles. Yeah. You can see the level of detail. I, I now. interviewed because
1: I've followed those guys since SteamWorld Dig. Mm-hmm. Um I've interviewed their CEO a load of times. Um Brian, he's one of the weirdest men in the world. He's great. Um he told me that the first time he played SteamWorld Dig in HD, he was like, sorry, who added this element like to this character? He had like a, a sort of glowing core. He was like, this looks really nice. Who who did that? And he was like, and their art guy was just like, oh, it's always been in there. You it's just, just, couldn't just see it. we made it in HD and then shrunk it down for
0: 3DS. Yes. And you're like, that's incredible. And that's you, I get the exact same sense that it is yeah. like it's weird, like that. The, it's like the the guy who runs your ship, Rusty. I think he's called like. As a little the hanging down Yeah, hanging pilot I'm like, yeah. he's got a nose I was <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I just couldn't see that I've like, never and, seen his nose it was, before It was a beautifully characterful game on 3DS But uh, when you can see all of it It's like, wow Like, this is pretty and full of detail And also, feels like they've kind of jazzed up a couple of things Like, in terms of, like, you know It feels like, it might be my imagination But it feels like the animation's slightly It's really hard I think it's more with the physicsy things Yep uh, It feels like there's more bits to the robot The hands fly off Nicer yeah, so. like, I don't know, like It feels like I've had a couple of bits where i am like watched, like all the robot bits slide down a hill and mm. collapse into a pile. And I'm like, ah, there was definitely stuff like that on the 3DS, but I'm pretty sure it was a, a lot less permanent. It would fade away. And huh. obviously, you know, it's a less powerful system. But uh, no, I mean, it's just a fantastic game. I'm, I'm probably this week working on a video about it just because it's probably going to be a really short video because it's one of these things of being like, hey, I've played this game tons. Just play it. It's awesome. Like, Because so I finished it and then I just started playing it again on my 3DS. Yeah. And I just started playing it on the hardest difficulty, trying to finish it again. And I got like halfway through again. And it's like, now it's out again. And I'm playing it again. And there's there's new stuff. There's a, a DLC, which was, I think it's called The Outsider, which uh, mm. adds a bunch of stuff. I don't think there's any point to add it before you've played the main game, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, I think it's more like, if you, like me, you have played the main game and then you're like, I want to play this again. Yeah. Because it isn't, it is a linear story, but it's slightly randomised. So yes. it's like every mission in the game has key elements that have to be there but then if you keep failing and starting again then it will always change it to will always you be a different challenge. Yeah. yeah and sometimes it's just like you play a mission and you're like oh man that was way too hard and the next time you walk into a room and they're all standing next to explosive barrels and you're like I win this yes. time <laughs> dumb um, robots but yeah, just to reiterate that that is, because uh, I know a lot of people don't have a 3DS and miss out on stuff, but it's a damn fine game. God damn, it's good. It's really good. It's kind of when they said this week, oh, here's a review code. I'm like, brilliant. Like It's a shoe in for me making a video and just being like, buy this game. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. It's just fucking awesome. It's XCOM for people who are easily stressed. Yeah, perfect it's, it, for me. Yeah, it is. It's XCOM minus a lot of the stress and a lot of the the kind of. Uh, I like the fuzziness of it. I was thinking today. I like the fact that like it's okay for people to get roughed up in missions. Yes, if absolutely. they get killed, then you get less for good rating. But that's all that matters. Well, it's,
1: exactly, it's got that mobile game feedback of just like you could do that better but yes. keep
0: going. Yeah, exactly. And it being like, you could get better, but keep going. Maybe come back and get three stars later. Exactly. It's it. It's basically, it's it's like if XCOM became a kind of iOS game, but in the best possible way. Yeah. Like not in terms of being like, hey, you could get more stars. Or oh, have another go if you gave yeah. us some more money. Yeah. That's- it's, it's kind of that early iOS like design a yeah. space of it just being like having the joy of discovering things and opening boxes and optimizing stuff, but without any of the seedy stuff that comes in. Huh? Yeah. It, it feels... Addictive, but not in a way that's manipulative and not in a way that you resent. You're just having a wicked time. When I started playing it, it just made time blow by over Christmas. Me and my brother were both playing yeah. it on our three Ss, addicted, having a wonderful time, but never did it feel like, you know, because it has an end. It yeah. has, It's a finite thing. And it helps
1: that it looks cool as hell. Ah, it's like so cool. it, Bullets ricocheting and hats flying off and things exploding and like... It gets the spectacle of that stuff right and puts it in a portable. What well, it's no longer portable, portable, but you know, like it's that. It
0: gets it in that. Well, it's it's cross so well. it's cross Crossplay. Yep. So if you get it on PS4, it's on PS Theater as well. So if oh, you nice. have a Vita rather than 3DS, then now's a great time to pick it up as well. But oh. uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's so really good. just a quality thing. Um, and yeah, I think we'll wrap up this week. Um, I think we might do one quick question. All right,
1: Let's and then do will wrap
0: up because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry boy. So here's a quick question from Joe. Sorry, i are only doing one question, chaps. I really do need to eat some food. Uh, Joe asks, he says, I'm 33 years old and I've never played a Pokemon game. Topical. Um, is it worthwhile for me to start now? I.e. Does the series hold up without the nostalgia factor? If so, where's the best place to start? 3DS. Uh, heart, gold, soul, silver. Best you- Pokemon games
1: redone so that they don't look like shit anymore. Is that when did they come out? Are they quite recent? That was uh, relatively recent. I think they were DS as opposed to 3DS, but obviously it will still work and it will probably be cheap. Um, so it doesn't have like the best Pokemon because everyone knows the best Pokemon were in the first two games. But Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver was the first time they realised that the world was as important to the game. So, I mean, like Lavender Town was cool yeah. and shit, but like everywhere had a bit more character like places you it felt like more of a journey through johto as it was called um and it just like it had a real sort of it just had a push a drive like there was a bit more story there was a bit more nuance to how you captured things but it didn't get out of hand and the designs weren't rubbish as they have been in a few games sure um and it also has the great the greatest video game end game of all time do you remember what happens at the end of Heart Gold Or at the end of Gold and Silver? I don't know. I can't remember. You finish it, and then it gives you the entire world of the first two games. You go back to Kanto from Blue and Red, and you can go everywhere from those games. And there is new storyline, and even without nostalgia, you are going to the, the a full game again with entirely different that's, Pokemon. That's, that's just bizarre. It's genuine. It's unbelievable. And apparent, uh, I might. this might be a part... It's not apocryphal, it's definitely based in truth, but I might be forgetting the facts. But apparently that was uh, the late president, Satoru Iwata, said, we can fit that in, and worked by himself to fit the original games into That doesn't
0: me, I've heard lots of stories, on that. he was just an amazing coder. Yeah, he incredible. Like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah he was okay. just like, yeah, I'll get that in, just work by himself. I remember I played Red, so Red and Blue, and I think I might have played Sapphire and... Ruby? Oh, so you skipped a gem. I may have skipped one. Yeah, yeah. I think I because I was so I'd done so much of it. I was like, I can't just keep doing this yeah. every game. So I think I always skipped them, but I think I skipped some good ones. Yeah, I'm not sure I played Golden Silver. Yeah, Golden Silver fantastic.
1: It was the first time they. I think it was the first time they did Night and Day, so you could catch different Pokemon at different
0: times. Yeah, and stuff. I remember. Like, I think I tried to emulate a bit of it. Ah, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, sense. had a bit of a go on that one. Yeah, I would. I would definitely recommend. Heart it's Gold weird. Silver. It's like it's a. It's kind of. At the time, it was just so exciting because it was such a new idea. Yeah. And yep. it was... Um, I, I don't know. I think they're still enjoyable because I also think that what people forget is that um, the whole, like, catching them all thing is a thing you can do. But really, the joy of Pokemon is not catching them all, not having your level 100 thing that beats the things and makes you mm. the best in the world. It's the kind of journey you take along the way in terms of the choices you make in terms of what you choose to like keep and what you choose to be attached to. Like your six Pokemon team, Like,
1: I, I think people kind of... People who don't play Pokemon as much don't realise that it's not about just like getting loads of Pokemon and making them all good. No. It's choosing the six you want yeah. and going here's how my strategy works. Like, if you really RPG it, you can make a team that will beat everyone and you will go into a fight and
0: immediately analyse someone else's team and go, fuck you, I've got you on this. Yes. Like, But that's not how you tend to play it. And that's what I liked about it is you can treat it like that. It can mm-hmm. be very much like developing counters and treating it like a strategy RPG. Um, but what tends to happen is you're like, you do a bit of that, and you're like, this is my fire guy, he messes up these people. This is my plant guy, he messes up, messes up these people. This is my ghost guy, he messes up these people. And this is my bird. I like it, because it's really cute. That's actually and, that's a really good point. Yeah. And you end up, like, basically having... Especially if you're playing and you're not, like, reading up online about, like, stats on what's powerful and oh, yes. what's not. You end up, like, spending ages time leveling up something that isn't actually that good. But you caught it ages ago. You gave it a name, and then it evolved, and it looks cool. And you just... Have this sort of attachment. And when you end up then putting that in the box because you've got something else that's better that you want to put in, it's like, ah. I'm sad but I've had a great time and... I can't believe it's like Actually literally called Putting one of them in the box yeah. As well <laughs> Like
1: it's so horrible it's Just yeah. like Pack him away Put him in the special Digital attic digital Never see box, him again Never
0: see them like, Well you will you, But then you'll scroll past them And feel faintly yeah, guilty Yeah you'll see their you tiny them. Crappy icon of them flapping Yeah uh, But it's Yeah it's the thrill of that It's like It's like being told You know It's still a pretty Ideal situation for a kid But it's like being told By your mum and dad You're only allowed six pets <laughs> And you're like Oh what But what Oh, I want the dragon, or oh, do I want the cool iguana? And it's this lovely thing of whenever you discover something new, especially because often, you know, you'll walk through some grass and you'll be like, <gasps> What's that? Mm. And you try and catch it and you'll fail. And then you'll be walking through the same grass and being like, Where is it? <gasps> and it might have been a rare thing. And you might have to then spend like an hour, like, or something, being like, Come back. Mm. And then if it does and you get it, it feels genuinely quite magical. And yeah. We were asked to do this without the nostalgia
1: factor, which we have slipped into. Yeah, no, sure. It's, I would say, uh, they are easy games yes. like that that much is just you have to accept that like if you want if if what you want is an rpg that will challenge you it's not going to happen you're going to be really good at it no. because you are an adult if you're not that will be a problem um that i'm not sure is the point i think no. being good at a pokemon game uh, only matters if you're the kind of person who wants to do, like, EV levels and all that nutcase stuff. Yes. Which I couldn't care less about. No. It's fascinating that it
0: exists,
1: but it's best to not know about it in yeah. a way. It, um, and actually, I think it's wonderful that it exists. In a, like, the idea that there is this hidden world yeah. underneath everything, you, this weird, like, numbers town <laughs> that just much lives much, under so everything yeah, you do. Yeah. But for me... The, the principal joy of a Pokemon game and I must say I haven't enjoyed one properly for a long time yeah Um, but the, the principal joy has always been sort of easing
0: my way through and just liking the experience of being yeah, I enjoy dipping back in again and finding that I like the same things of it again but then yeah. I, I just end up like not having because I don't have the time or the focus um, I find that I, I end up like drifting off after a while and yeah because I've been yeah. through the journey and I know how it ends Like, and it gets to the point where I'm like nearing the finale and I'm like okay yeah like yeah. This is just the point now where I knuckle down and level everything up and then win. i tell you what, my favourite thing in X and
1: Y, which I played for a short amount of time, was I remembered how weird the interludes in Pokemon games could be, because the story sucks, always. Like, that's just a given. Mm. Um, but there, like, there was one bit where you walk into like just a random house in this big city, and you go in, and you walk from the lift, and as you walk down, the game stops and you can't move, and you just go... What's this? And like, from my memory, and this was like two years ago, but I've already maybe coloured this in my brain. A girl walks through a wall and just says, "Like, yeah, hey, talks about this, yeah, yeah." Have I mentioned this before? I think you might have, done, but do but it yeah. It's just like, yeah, a girl walks through a wall and it's just like says something really creepy, like they've forgotten me, and then just walks out again, and then it just cuts out. There's no answer for that in the game. It's just there is a ghost. And you have to deal with the fact that you've seen one ghost of a woman in this game. And that's it. And you're like, whose job was this?
0: (laughs) This is brilliant. There's a lot of weird stuff. And also I like the fact that it's, um, especially in the more modern ones, there's there's just tons of stuff you can do. It's like, yeah, you can be focused on like trying to level up your Pokemon and make them strong and fight battles. But then there's like a beauty contest yeah. like a talent contest I'm sorry where you can make the like go you know, for the prize for the most beautiful pokemon yeah. and then you can do like yeah it was like pocket puff things where you're feeding them cakes it led to That's me feeding Pratt yeah. cakes a long time ago <laughs> is a great time but yeah there's just so much to do but i think yeah it's a really difficult question to answer but i think they do still hold up but they are simple but i think the fact that you have to bear in mind is not it's not really about nostalgia because obviously when you're playing the new ones you're playing with new pokemon anyway it's more like how happy are you to play a game where uh, a lot of the factor of your enjoyment is not um, success and strategy and is more Um, discovery and attachment and is actually just being like you just just how are you willing to just actually just go oh my god this dragon is so cool yeah i love this dragon and like and spend ages making it like good and cool so it can win a coolness competition Mm -hmm. in a a pageant or something and then get a cool badge and all this stuff it's very childlike so i'm not sure it's a whole 100 percent nostalgic but there's something in it which is very much like that kind of part of you Of like If you were when you were a kid Did you want to have a pet That was a dragon And if the answer is yes You'll find some enjoyment In Pokemon
1: In a way At 33 I hope you don't feel like that Joe <laughs> That's
0: my answer Wow <laughs> um, I think that, Yeah I think it's, uh, it's They're kind of a phenomenon Actually they haven't Really been done Well Since I don't think actually Like There have been Anyone who's taken that format And done a, a bang up job of beating it Which is bizarre I agree um, uh, Nino Kuni had an element of it, but I think Nino Kuni, despite the fact that for, in many ways I love it, I think mechanically it was a very weak game. And I think that aspect of it, the kind of collecting dudes, was just really bad. I've heard Dragon Quest Monsters uh, is good. Yeah, Dragon Actually. Quest Monsters is, uh, we were talking about this not long ago, um, but they're still making new ones of those yeah that's the I thing know. I think they kind of disappeared because we, we talked about that on
1: uh, Dark Souls not long ago and I was in like in fact that might have been when I was there yeah. I'm just being reminded by thinking about what
0: you said about yeah and it, that was lovely actually because I wasn't I was really unsure of my own memories but a lot of people listening to the podcast came and said no actually I remember them as well and they were great and yeah, yeah like there are elements of them that were clearly really really piss weak but some of it was awesome and I was like yeah it kind of it was nice to have my memories reinforced with the fact that, like, no, I was right about that. Um, the dungeons and the battles were rubbish, but the breeding system and the... was just really exciting, pretty cool. <laughs> Eggs, mate. Eggs. Eggs! Anyway, um, yeah, Joe, if you do end up playing um, some of that, then do let us know how you get on. Yeah, obviously, um, for every episode of Dark Souls, you can uh, talk about it afterwards. On, uh, yeah, coolghost.net. We post up the podcast in there and you can come and post some comments, post your thoughts on what we're talking about. So yeah, Joe, if you do uh, check out Pokemon, then pop up in the comments for a later, Dark Souls, and let us know. Hey, go on and I'll have a read of it.
1: Okay, I will. That's Joe.
0: That's that's an impression of Joe. Joe pretending to be Joe. (laughs) Exactly. Damn, damn confusing. Um, thank you very much for listening guys um, and thank you very much for being here Joe obviously that's slightly more important than listening but uh, that's, there's not a lot in it is there
1: it, um, no it's absolutely not more important they, they're here for you Matthew that's not true that's not, they're, not, they're, they're more, here, here for the pipings of a some sort of posh idiot Well I do I know and my opinion matters more than theirs God <laughs> Well this has
0: ended on a sour note <laughs> And now I'm swooshing around my cape While standing on the battlements And there's lightning in the background Oh you'd be good in a house
1: with battlements Oh man Walking I over wish the you crenellations You'd love oh, them I, I would I really really would I went would. on the battlements of an actual castle once Illegally yeah. it was fantastic Illegal castle Durham castle All over it me Joe I Scrubbles walk- illegal castles Yeah making that show <laughs> yeah. it's coming to like challenge TV probably yeah or, like, I'll I- challenge myself ITV3 I'd have to be drunk again that's the only way I'd get on them
0: it was great oh man you shouldn't climb things when you're drunk
1: oh awful idea terrible. no
0: railings because you're not meant to be on them I've done that before and uh, it's just an awful idea it's, Ooh, okay. it's how like you realise that in an alternate universe you're dead yes um, so, just so many versions of me are dead yeah <laughs> so many let's just not go to those universes ever crap thanks so much for listening guys and we'll see you next week, probably. Love you, bye. Bye.